Well, the pay-per-view couldn't have ended on a worse note. It's time to take a journey through Sick Daddy's mind on Sick Daddy's Wrestling Show. Here's Sick Daddy. doozy for you on this episode of sig daddy's wrestling show it is my hell in a cell pay-per-view just finished watching it here just a little bit ago and wow am i disappointed just incredibly disappointed and frustrated i'll let you know why here in a few moments but coming up later this week Something happened here this last Friday night on SmackDown where Brock Lesnar wins the WWE title in literally 10 seconds. I'm going to let you know how I would have booked the Brock Lesnar-Cain Velasquez angle at the end of SmackDown SmackDown on Fox last Friday. I'm going to let you know how I would actually book it. But... That's coming up later this week on Bo- all, on all my uh, podcasting platforms, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. It's the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from 2019, this year's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And let's just get this started with this. Up until a couple of hours before the pay-per-view, WWE only had four matches scheduled. They literally put five matches on within three hours of the start of the pay-per-view start time. You gotta be kidding me. That is absolutely unacceptable but let's get to the matches first off on the kickoff we had natalia versus lacey evans for the absolute thousandth time and still nobody cares about it um ending of the match goes like this evans goes up for her double jump moonsault misses natalia she puts in the sharpshooter natalia gets the win by a tap out grade c minus it was there it's unnecessary we've seen it three thousand times already And guess what we find out later? They're going to settle their epic feud in a last woman standing match. Can we not find anything better for these two to do? I don't know. It's just, this is just ridiculous. But let's get to the main show. It starts out super duper hot. It's the hottest start you could have to a pay-per-view and that's about as hot it'll get hot as it'll get to in this pay-per-view. But uh, it's the Raw Women's Championship match inside Hell in a Cell. Very personal feud between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Before the match even starts, Sasha attacks. Before the bells, like the cell's even lowered, uh, she throws Becky at the cell. Suplexes her on the ramp, and then eventually Becky kicks the door at Sasha, beats her down inside the cell. And then we finally get the bell to ring. Some other highlights during this match. There was a lot of brawling outside the ring at the beginning and throughout the match, really. 
I enjoyed that. There was a lot of weapon involvement. The Cell was involved quite a bit. Some really innovative spots during this matchup. Becky Lynch at one time got meteored into a ladder that was set up against the Cell. It was pretty impressive. Also during that matchup, there was a there was kendo sticks being used. They wedged him between the kind of the parts of the cell and set up a chair in him. Set up a chair, like literally sitting it up. And Becky put Sasha in it. And at one time, Becky went and hit a drop kick as Sasha was in the chair and freaking put her into the cell. It was pretty freaking awesome. There was also a spot where Becky was literally sitting in a chair and she got meteored. And then there was the close of the match. Becky gets meteored through the table, then a bank statement with a kendo stick by Sasha. Becky thrown into a chair set up on the outside. Well, not set up on the outside, set up on the side of the cage. And then Becky would go after the arm. No, never mind. That was I have a that was a different note I have, but Banks, she grabs all the chairs outside the ring. That that chair that chair thing I was talking about just a moment ago, it was Becky, there was a chair literally lodged into the cell and Becky was trying to throw Sasha in it and then Sasha threw her into it. And then eventually Sasha gets Becky back in the ring, just launches all the chairs possible inside of the ring. And she goes up for another Meteora and then Becky hits a backsploder from the middle rope onto all the chairs and then she dis- puts in the disarmor Sasha tries to grab the hair. It doesn't work out. Sasha ends up tapping out. I'm going to give that match an A-. It was a really good opener with some great innovative spots. They both worked super hard. And it was pretty brutal. And it's the better of the two Hell in a Cell female matches that I've seen so far. Only little nitpick things I have from this match was the arm work that Sasha did on Becky early in the match. It was completely ignored later on. But I thought also... I thought this would be the time to put the title on Sasha, but those are just some minor complaints. It's just kind of where where does Sasha go now? Minor complaints on that kind of thing, but it was a really good match and a really good opener, and it was very good Hell in a Cell match. A minus grade. Up next was the Tornado Tag Match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Nice to see Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan working together. It was a pretty... Solid match. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, they're just world beaters. They can just absolutely destroy people in it. Their offense is very, very heavy-handed. But uh, some highlights. Uh, Brian, he got sent face-first into the exposed LED screen. Most of this match was dominated by Harper and Rowan. But later later on in the match, Brian would hit a Hurricane Rana off Harper. There was The announce tables were all exposed and... Harper was getting ready to put Brian through him, but Brian hit a Hurricane Rana on him, and then Reigns comes up and spears Rowan through the announce table. And then Brian hits the running drop kicks in the corner on Harper, then goes for a Hurricane Rana off the middle rope, but Harper power bombs him. And then Harper goes for two dragon suplexes. Brian flips out of the third one. Reigns hits the Superman punch. Brian hits the running knee. Reigns hits the spear. And we're going home with the one, two, three. Chaotic match. Fun match, though. Very fun closing sequence. But after the match, Brian tried to shake his hand. And then he said, nah, 
I'm going for the hug. And then Brian and Roman Reigns hug after the match. It might be it's going to be interesting to see if they go back to this duo. It actually be a fun tag team with uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, kind of opposites attract ma- uh, tag team. I'm going to give this match a B. It was a fun match, chaotic match. I like the tornado tag setup. It was much better suited for these guys. And then up next was one of the matches with hardly any build was Randy Orton versus Ali. Crowd didn't really care all that much about it. Orton's was kind of the pace was kind of slow, like a typical Orton match. Late in the match, uh, Ali hits a face buster. Then Orton hits he hits his power slam, spinning heel kick by uh, Ali. Uh, Four fifty misses. He tried to go for it twice actually, and uh, Orton hits a draping DDT. And then Ali he counters the RKO with that was an awesome counter with a front handstand, and then rolls up Orton. Then Ali goes back for that rolling face buster as he dives through the ropes. He goes right into an RKO. I'm going to give it a C+. The crowd really could have cared less about the for the most for most of this match until late. I felt like this was better much better suited for SmackDown than a pay-per-view, actually. And it was just no build, really, and this was just kind of thrown together like most of these matches on this pay-per-view incredibly slowed pace until late and really what does a loss do for Ali in this match I don't know then following that was the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships uh the Kabuki Warriors were portrayed as the heels in this match kind of all out of the blue had no clue no build or anything to it I would have had a little bit of a better tease about it beforehand, but they had no indicators a couple weeks ago into going into from SmackDown when they faced a Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They didn't indicate they were going to be heel at all, and they just start doing some heelish stuff out of the blue in this match. And I was like, okay, but uh, the end of the match was uh, Alabama slam by Kyrie Sane cross. She blocks the insane elbow and hits a swinging neck breaker then Asuka goes in and breaks it up uh then Bliss goes in for the rolling senton on Kyrie Sane and then as the ref was distracted Asuka brings out the old Tajiri green mist on cross she hits the roundhouse to cross they get the three count and we have new women's tag team champions and I'm happy to see them win the titles it's 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 a little overdue I think but I'm going to give it a B-. minus. I wish they would have at least gave me some kind of hinting on the heel turn because it just kind of came out of the blue. But uh, they were just faces. Like 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 I said, they were faces just two weeks ago. But uh, not a bad match, though. Um, I thought a couple of minutes could have been shaven off. It was it took a little too long. But I like the finish, though. I'm going to give it a B-. minus. And that Orton match previously, I gave it a C+. Plus. And then following that was the six-man tag match where the OC, Styles Gallows, and Anderson took on the Viking Raiders with a mystery partner, which ended up being Braun Strowman. Eric took a lot of the offense in this match against the OC. Uh, eventually, Strowman gets tagged and takes out Styles as his lap of shoulder blocks. Uh, he runs into Styles, takes out his... Styles takes out his leg, actually. Styles goes, gets the calf crusher on him. Then Eric breaks it up with a knee. 
and then everybody's just kind of it's chaos everybody hitting their offense on each other then Strowman finally goes for the power slam on AJ Styles but then Carl Anderson comes in and takes his knees out and then just a beat down by the OC and then the bell rings Strowman Raiders win by DQ but then uh Raiders they then the Viking Raiders then take out Carl Gallows and Anderson on the outside and then Styles goes for his forearm and then Roman Roman not Roman uh Strowman he hits the his hits a knockout punch trying to build off of what he his interaction with Tyson Fury on uh SmackDown back on Friday I'm going to give this a C minus this match could have been done on Raw it could have been easily done on Raw the finish was dumb and really all this set up was a confrontation between Tyson Fury and Ron Strowman, which I could honestly care less about. I'm just not a big fan of all these outsiders coming into the company, combat sports guys coming in. It's just, there's way too much talent on the roster right now to be doing that. And other people could be used in that spot that have that actually earned that spot instead of having some guy like Tyson Fury who's a boxer come in and do this thing. It's just and the one-off. And for probably a one-off thing. It's just my opinion on I just don't really care for it at all. Eventually, we actually find out we get a new 24-7 champion backstage in Tamina. And then we have Chad Gable and Baron Corbin. And speaking of, before I get to Chad Gable and Baron Corbin, I'm going to go back to the Strowman match. It was, we've already seen this combination of OC and Viking Raiders multiple times. Why do we need to see it again? It's not necessary. We've seen this match. We've seen this combination of people multiple times already. It's kind of stale and it's kind of lazy in my opinion. And then Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin. The first match that's actually had really had build to it in over half the card almost. Well, the last three matches or so. Uh, But it starts out Corbin uh, cuts a promo about these short jokes. I'm over it at this point. I don't really care about the short jokes anymore. They've kind of overstayed their welcome, and it's way past their shelf life, in my opinion, on those sh- uh, short jokes. They have a good match, solid match, nothing like special. It was nothing compared to their King of the Ring final back on Raw just a few weeks ago, but the finish, swinging neck breaker by... Gable was immediately followed by a moonsault that got a really close two count. Then Gable just goes in, locks in the ankle lock. Corbin then crawls out of the ring to break it up. And then Corbin choke slams Gable on the apron. Then Corbin grabs his scepter that was used on Raw to get him to the DQ. And then the ref takes it away, and then Gable gets the win. And before the match, Corbin decreed that. Gable get called Shorty Gable from now on. And then the announcer, Greg Hamilton, called Gable Shorty Gable when he won the match. Uh, Then after that, nope, never mind. That grade for that is a B-. Not the best match of their series. Not as good as their uh, King of the Ring final match. But I'm happy it got Gable his win finally. But the crowd didn't get into it till the later stages. And really, these two haven't had a bad match so far. Corbin having some of his better match of his, matches of his career just against Gable. Then the next match, the third match that actually really had the most build to it and is actually on the card before, actually not on the card before, but 
It was placed on the card just on Friday night, actually. Uh, One of the four matches that have actually had build-up to it. It is Bayley and Charlotte Flair fighting for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bayley defending her title. Lots of knee work in this match. I I liked it. I actually stayed on it and focused on it. And uh, eventually it was the last, this is the last portion of it. Uh, Charlotte Flair going for the moonsault. The Bailey then catches her with her knees. Outside of the ring, fall away slam by Charlotte. And then Charlotte goes for the figure four. And then Bailey rolls her up. And then Bailey tries to go for a roll up kind of as Charlotte was going for her boot. It catches on the top of the ring, top of the ropes. And then Bailey tries to go for a roll up. It's kind of messed up there. And then Char- Bailey goes, rolls her up, puts her feet on the ropes. The referee almost counts to three, but catches her right beforehand. And then it leads to a figure eight where Bailey taps. And now we have a 10 time women's champion, Charlotte Flair. And it kind of ended the same way for Sasha. They were both crying at the end of the night. Bailey and was throwing a fit after the match, and both of them ended up crying. It's going to be interesting to see where those two go after this, as especially as these matches had kind of definitive conclusions. But I'm going to give it a B. It's not their best match together, but it's obviously not their worst. They're, they're, probably their worst was last month at a Clash of Champions, but as I said, it puts Bailey and Sasha in a really interesting spot with both of them titleless. And then tears following their uh, their losses in these matches, and I I enjoyed the knee work between between uh, Bailey and Charlotte, and uh, yeah, it's a B grade for me. Corp Gable eventually Gable's getting interviewed backstage, talking about getting his win or whatever and such, and then Corbin beats him down, which means this feud will continue, and that leads us to our main event match of the night. Match I was actually looking forward to most, which was the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. And I was I was excited because the build for this match had been great. It showed that the Fiend was a step ahead of Rollins at all times, playing mind games with him. And then Bray Wyatt comes out with his great entrance. Uh, and the match, the first thing I noticed in this match, the red lighting it doesn't work. It, it messes with your eyes. It's only cool for about two seconds, and then you can't really see all that well, and it's kind of just hurts your eyes to even look at it. And then, uh, but here's some highlights from this match. Actually, I'm just going to give you a rundown of what happened. It's pretty much uh, Wyatt dominating early, and then Rollins is starting to get an advantage, hitting him with weapons and stuff. Eventually, Wyatt hits him with a sister Abigail into the cell. And then Rollins hits an enziguri, super kicks Wyatt onto a table where Wyatt set up inside the ring. Hits a frog splash. And then Wyatt got up before Rollins even did on that. Uh, he hits a kick and a stomp. Wyatt stands up. Wyatt hits sister Abigail for a long two count. And Wyatt's like acts like he snaps the neck of Rollins. He goes and gets his mallet, Wyatt does. And uses mallet to the, to like drive Rollins into the cage and uh, the cell. And then Wyatt, Rollins hits a stomp on mallet out onto the mallet outside the ring with Wyatt. 
And then it's pretty much after that, it's a bunch of stomps and weapon stuff. And Rollins, like, I can't get this guy. I can't pin him or whatever. He's kicking out of pretty much everything. And he just tries to absolutely destroy him. And he hits close to 10 stomps in this match and puts stacks weapons on top of Wyatt and continues to hit him with it and over and over and over again. This got to be incredible overkill during this match. And it was just, it took out, took so much away for me. And then eventually, oh, it just tops it all off. Rollins, he wedges a chair between the ladder and then hits it with a toolbox. Then Rollins continues, as this match is going along, Rollins is just continuing to get frustrated because he just wants to end Wyatt pretty much. And then he can, he's like, and Wyatt is kind of, Wyatt really has kind of baited him into this, kind of manipulating him and it's why it's taken all of his offense and continues to still be there and then Wyatt get well Rollins grabs the sledgehammer and the ref pleads with him not to use it and then uses it anyway and then the ref for some reason calls the DQ and after the match Wyatt he gets the claw as Wyatt was going to get stretchered out almost because Rollins beat the living crap out of him and so Rollins retains his title, and then but when they're getting ready to put White on a stretcher, Rollins looks. Rollins is getting ready to attack him again. Then White just kind of sits up and then puts the mandible claw in, hits a couple of Sister Abigails outside the ring, and puts the claw in. The fans are absolutely livid. This is absolute bullcrap to them, and they can't stand it. The stand the finish at all, and they're incredibly disappointed. There's even AEW chance coming out at this time. They want the match restarted. But the AEW match chants are not good when it's end of a WWE pay-per-view. But yeah, in the closing sequence is Rollins getting mandible clawed and he's bleeding out of his mouth and then the lights go out and White's back on top of the stage and he just they show him, he'll show his face or whatever and then pretty much that's it, the end of the show. And it was absolutely the worst possible ending you could have had to this pay-per-view. You do not end a Hell in a Cell match with a DQ finish. It, it's just absolutely unacceptable to have a no finish inside Hell in a Cell. The point of Hell in a Cell is to have a definitive winner and actual conclusion to the match. And this is why I give it a D-. I get the story with Bray Wyatt taking all of his offense, showing how resilient he is, and he's really manipulating into manipulating Rollins into getting going to those depths. But the continued offense was overkill after just the first set of stomps, I thought. First set of stomps in the weapon shots. And the finish of this match, like I mentioned, was absolutely stupid. There is, like I said, no reason to have a Hell in a Cell match end in a DQ ever. What a terrible way to end this pay-per-view. That they hardly spent time promoting. They were too busy spending time promoting SmackDown. And this absolutely just kills the momentum of Bray Wyatt's character. Why book this match in the first place if you're going to have it be a no finish at all? My final grade for this show was a C-. And you know what? This show was almost to the level of Super Showdown. Literally, the only match that's must-watch on this pay-per-view is between Lynch and Banks. There are some all-right matches, but there's nothing you have to must-watch and see, must-watch, like back 
after I finish talking to you about this, but none of these matches are must-see, really, other than the Lynch and Banks match. You could pretty much do without everything else. Most of the stuff is passable. But it just frustrates me. But, yeah, Charlotte Flair and ba- Bailey was good. And like I said, other some of the other matches were... All right, nothing really special. We've seen him on Raw and SmackDown and all this. We've seen him on Raw so many times, the same combos of people. But if WWE actually took the time to prepare for this pay-per-view instead of focusing so much on SmackDown, they could have put something good together. But having only four matches on the card literally hours before the pay-per-view was set to start is absolutely unacceptable and downright lazy to me when you actually then you yeah it's downright lazy to me when you just put throw in five matches on the card that some of them have story and some of them we've seen already a thousand times and lastly you don't do a DQ finish again to end a pay-per-view let alone a hell in a cell match why put the matches on the card for the sake of having matches in the Wyatt feud for the sake of having him have a no finish but really, the only matches I literally cared about on this pay-per-view were the uh, the Lynch match, the Reigns match with uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, yeah, the Raw Women's Championship, though, that one. What other one had build to it, actually? The other one that actually had build to it was the, yeah, it's a Tornado Tag, those three, and pretty much... The Charlotte Bailey match for the women's championship. It was the Charlotte Bailey match, the Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan match, and the Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch Sasha Banks match. Those are the only three I really cared about on this pay per view. Well, I, I cared about the Rollins and Bray Wyatt one up until they completely screwed it up and absolutely blew it. That that match I gave a D minus. I gave the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins match a D minus. I didn't mention it already. This card was absolutely atrocious to me. This is unacceptable to have a pay-per-view like this and have just a bunch of th- throwaway matches on it that will actually have no implications moving forward. That's why I give this pay-per-view a C minus, and I'm sticking to it. A C minus. Absolutely terrible showing for WWE. And if you're going to watch any match back, I would watch the Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch match for the Raw Women's Championship inside Hell in a Cell. That was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed that match. But other than that, you don't really miss anything. And that's all I've got to say on Hell in a Cell 2019. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow me on the socials, Twitter and Facebook, and be prepared for my episode later on this week on how I would have booked the WWE, not WWE, the Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez angle. Look forward to giving that to you here soon, but this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.